Hello, everybody, and welcome to Curtain Call. I am Kevin Sullivan, alongside Mr. John J. Filippelli. Flip, how are you doing today? Uh, under circumstances, I'm doing okay, Kev. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I don't anticipate this being a quote-unquote regular show. Um, you know, it's not a regular time right now in the world. No, hardly. I mean, we're we're, uh, we're up against a lot, and uh, you know, but uh, you know, we're resilient. Our the 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 world is resilient. We're resilient, and um, you know, it's going to take a lot to get through this. But you know, we'll get through it. We will, and it's the only way to think. Yeah, um, we'll get through it. You're right. We'll get through it if we do it together, right? Absolutely. We'll get through to the other side if we do it together, and that's important. That's not just hyperbole. We all need to use our head. We need to practice social distancing. We need to use good hygiene. Otherwise, this is just going to get worse. Well, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better anyway because, you know, there's just so many things that are going to be put into play now. And uh, it will get worse before it gets better. But, you know, but it does. It, I mean, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. And, 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 and again, the resiliency of, 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 of people and the resiliency of this country, the resiliency of, of People around the world. I mean, some of the smartest people are working on this, and uh, and uh, you know, there's a determination. Obviously, the human spirit is is indomitable in many cases, and it should be, and it is. Um, so you hope for the best, and that's what you have to expect. You have to hope for the best. You can't look at any other way. If you go into this pessimist with, with a pessimistic attitude and say, "Well, they we're doomed," then you know what? Then you are doomed. I mean, you, you can't look at it like that. You have to look at it that uh, this is a, this is a terrible thing, and uh, but there's been terrible things in the world before, and we've all we've always come through them. It's, it's it wasn't easy. Nothing is easy. Nothing, especially this, is not. Obviously, we're up against this something enormous and something we've never faced before. But uh, you know, I believe, like I said, I believe in, in, in the human spirit. I believe we've been through it. You said we've been through tough times before, and that's a good point. And we've always come out on the other side. What makes this one different, though? is whether we've been through tough times as a nation or as individuals, we always had sports to fall back on. And unfortunately, we don't have that this time. Sports is a great distraction. You know, it, it is. It's a, it's a tremendous distraction. And uh, that's what you miss now is the distraction. It's hard. I mean, it's, hard, it's just hard to focus on anything at the moment because of, uh, like I said, what, we've, uh, what we're about, what we've been through already, what we're going to be up against probably in short order. Uh, it's sort of tough to stay focused on things, but distractions are, are, are a good thing sometimes. And this is where you miss sports for sure. But uh, obviously it's understandable under the set of circumstances that nothing is being played and it can't be played. We were in Tampa, you know, uh, Kev, when uh, they closed the camps, they decided to close the baseball camps. I mean, and the NBA was, you know, suspending for the time being its season and the NHL was uh, every sport, every, and then, then every outdoor activity was being postponed and, and then every event was being postponed where there would be large gatherings of people. And, you know, so everything happened very quickly. The dominoes fell in short order. And, um, you know, we were faced with having to make uh, the, those decisions. But those decisions are actually easy. You know why they're easy, Kevin? Because, you know, what you don't want to put is people in harm's way. It does the last thing you want to do, whether, you know, it isn't just sports or, you know, or any activity, any place. You just don't want to put, Especially when you're up against an unknown like this, you don't want to put people in, in harm's way because you don't know what we're up against. And you don't know how quickly this thing can spread or how it spreads from person to person. Or, you know, there are certain safeguards. Like I said, we talked a little bit at the top about the CDC, and they can go on their website and they list all the things that uh, will help you sort of uh, 
combat this if you should get it. And, uh, and there's also preventatives, or hopefully a preventive that, that will keep it away from you or at least so, certainly slow it down. So uh, you should check out that, that website and go and see what you can glean from that because uh, it will be a great help. I mean, I've looked at it, I, I found it to be a great help. But, but again, what we're up against is very strong. We've never been up against it before. And it's going to be, it's not going to be an easy, it's not going to be an easy road, not at all. You know that, and I think we all know this. But, uh, but, I, but I do think that the, the, the precautions that are now in place, I think will, will, help, will help defeat this. I really do. It seemed to me like you mentioned Tampa. It was that one night in Tampa. I think the NBA was the first domino to fall. And when you woke up that next morning, the world was a completely different world. Yes, it was. When when you started to see, you know, athletes, when you started to see people from the world of sports, you know, be, be diagnosed with this uh, and, and, and a different, and then, well, then quarantines and self-quarantines and quarantines and, and, uh, and the, the conversation and the, the awareness went to another level. And I, I mean, actually, it was actually a good thing that it, it, it went up to another level because it needed to. I still see, you know, I'm looking at my, I'm in Florida at the moment. I look out the window and I see a beach. And at the beach is, there's plenty of people on the beach. Now, is that a good thing? I mean, it's a distraction, sure. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day. But, you know, is it, is it the right thing given the, the health concerns at the moment? Probably isn't. Uh, I'm sure it isn't. And, uh, but yet, people still go out. So, you know, until we really get, a, until we really start taking this, as seriously as we can. I'm not saying it's not being taken seriously. It is being taken seriously by, by, by many, many people, but there's still too many people who aren't taking it seriously. I was seeing the stories about the spring break, and I, listen, we were all kids once. I was a kid once, and it's a long time ago now, but uh, you more recently than me, but, but it's a long time ago, but I get it. I mean, I, I, I understand when you're at that age, you feel you're indestructible, and you know, maybe at that age, you've got a really good chance of, of you know, combating it and not having it... Uh, be too dis- too destructive on you, but but and again I don't know. But you're being selfish. Like but you being might selfish, be okay, right? right. You're being selfish because you can take that home to your parents who are older, or certainly your grandparents who are much older, and you know they may be or people who have pre-existing conditions, and all of a sudden that could be fatal to them. So that's where you're being selfish about. It. That's where kids are being selfish about it, at least in terms of the spring break. You know, so, so, so yeah. the spring drink is against forever. I mean, it goes down, they have a good time. I get it. I get the need for a release. But in these times, no, not, not, you've got to be more prudent. You have to be, you have to be smarter than that. I just wish that, I just wish that, uh, you know, that someone would check the kids and say, hey, stop. You know, because again, they're not, they're not solely responsible for this thing spreading. Anyway, but they are, they are agents of it for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah. If you read the literature, if you read the sites, a lot of them are saying it's that group that's spreading it the most. Um, we're going to get on to some other stuff, uh, but before we do, we should probably explain the audio quality may not be what it was. Uh, that's because we're both at our homes trying to do, do this. We usually come from the studio. Um, obviously, we're doing our part by staying home. Yeah, we're doing our part by staying home, which is, is important that you know, people stay home and out of harm's way. But we also felt that you know, the same way, like uh, we'll be doing some stuff from Yes from our network. There will be some shows, some things on the air. The, there'll be a lot of, we'll fill the time, but, but I'm talking about actually doing some, some shows that are in the moment. We do be doing a few of those uh, sort of roundtable discussions and things that we'll be talking, you know, some about sports, some about the situation that we're in currently and, uh, you know, what's going on in the world. We'll do a little of that as well, but we will have those things on. But, the, but uh, until we can sort of uh, 
figure out how to do them with a skeleton staff, which is what we're working on now, uh, you know, we, we also felt that it would be a distraction, a good distraction. Maybe we could talk about some things and we'll talk about this, maybe a few other things as well. And we want to do our part to just to serve because we have a very nice little base of people who, uh, who listen to our podcast and we felt that we owed them, uh, you know, we, we wanted to be responsible and give them you know, some more shows if we could, I'm especially glad you, you know, in these times, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, the Yes Network, like any other network that has uh, live programming, we're now left with this huge void of programming that we have to fill. Um, luckily, like you said, we, we have a big talent pool. We have people raising their hand saying, how do I help? Um, so we'll have some of these shows coming up. Yeah. Let's lift the curtain a little, Kevin. We did a, a conference call yesterday, in which, uh, you know, John Littner, who's our CEO and president of yes, you know, spoke, spoke to, to all our people, spoke to our talent, our producers, directors, and, you know, you sort of gave a state of the state and, uh, I thought was, was, uh, did a great job. It was, a, it was terrific, uh, put everybody at ease and it was something, just the things that needed to be said. And, uh, uh, I, he was, uh, he was, uh, at his best. He's, uh, he's, uh, a true leader. And, uh, I really, it, uh, took what he said to, to heart and, uh, he moved, he moved a lot of people. So I, I, uh, that, that was needed. And, uh, well, I mean, cause again, people, we have a, people working. Yes. Yeah, so every company has people working there and everybody needs to hear, needs you to be transparent at this time, needs to hear what you have to say, because, you know, they all have questions and they all have that feel uncertain at this time. It's, this is where leadership really shows its head, you know, re- really can rear its head and make a big difference. And this, this is when you do need leaders in, in the world, in the country, in, in, in business, every, every, you know, everywhere you turn, you can't have, you can't have too many leaders at a time like this because it's what people yearn for. They, they need to feel a sense of comfort. They need to feel a sense of, of that this thing is under control. You know, they, they need to feel that. And, and, and leadership, good leadership sort of provides that. So, you know, we, we did that and John had his really nice, beautiful state of the state. And then we did a, we did some stuff with them. We talked to our, to our, to our group and we, we just, you know, get reassured them and told them, look, this is, uh, we're in this together. We have your back. You know, you have questions or concerns, anything we can do to, to help get you through this, make this easier on you. That's what we're here for. And, you know, we don't have all the answers. Obviously, we don't have all the answers. But what we do have some, and we'll give you the ones we have. And the ones we don't have, we'll, we'll work on to try to get you those answers. Uh, because you know, we realize that this is uncertain time. And we, we, all need to, we all need to find some comfort. And we all need to feel... Like we're going to be okay on the other side of this thing. And we really need to all feel that going forward. The wars all need to be, you know, sort of rolling the boat in the same direction. So we, this is what comes out of a situation like that. And plus, we got so many interesting programming ideas at the end. It was, we said, okay, well, those of you have programming ideas, by the way, we'd love a few to sort of, uh, you know, to, to get them to us. And you know what? Within, within three or four hours, I have, we must have 50 or 60 interesting Programming ideas that, I mean, they're all interesting. Some that will be a little too ambitious right now, given our set of uh, our facilities that we have available to us, which are minimalistic right now. But, but it's some things that we're, you know, we could absolutely do in the moment. And, you know, again, we want to reach out to our audience. We want to reach out to our viewers and our listeners and to say to them, hey, we're here. We're here to comfort you. We're here. We're here in the same boat that you're in. And we're, we're going to all get through this together. And it was such a very... It was something, like I said, things that needed to be said were said, and it was very, very collaborative, and it was something, like I said, that uh, I will never certainly forget yesterday, uh, and hopefully in the days to come, 
where we really need the strength and we really need the, the teamwork and we really need a sense of togetherness, um, that, that esprit de corps that helps define us as people uh, really needs to, to, become, to come in the forefront because uh, it's going to be needed. Well, I would agree um, with everything you said, obviously. Especially, I'd agree, we have great lead, leadership. And that, that call I was lucky enough to be on um, was very comforting in a time where there's a lot of anxiety and worry right now. Getting back to the linear side, we were, we were talking about filling holes, so to speak, on our TV listings. Um, you know, we're pretty lucky that we have a treasure trove of Yankees classics out there. Uh, and the one that aired today at noon, today being Friday when we're recording this, was Jim Abbott, Snow Hitter. For me, there was no better show that you could put on at this point in our existence, meaning it was the ultimate story of one man just overcoming adversity and winning in the end. Well, particularly, as you said, given the time that we're in right now, because, you know, it's, it, it not only was, it's a, you know, it was a great game to watch, but it was, a you know, it's inspirational and it's uplifting. And right now we need inspiration that we need to be uplifted. Uh, and, you know, to see something, see that game or be reminded of I mean, Jim Abbott basically pitching one hand. I mean, is doing, uh, fielding position, throwing the ball. I mean, it's, it's quite remarkable that these could even be you know, on a baseball field to be able to, I mean, no matter how talented you are, to be able to overcome that and be able to, to not only to overcome it, but to, to, to triumph in such a magnificent way. Had a very nice career, and, but that, that ultimately the, the moment of his the high point of his career was that no later. So, but that's a great moment. It's a great moment in, in Yankee history. It's a great moment. In, forget about Yankee history or baseball. Just a great moment in just, in just because of, of the significance of it and what he had to do to get to that point in his life to triumph the way he did is, is truly uplifting. And, you know, as many of those things, I mean, comebacks, we talked about putting a lot of comeback wins on because, you know what, they are uplifting and they are, they do give you a sense of comfort. And look, we can't control the world. We can't fix what's going on. All we could do is address our little corner of it and hope that the, the messages that we send out or that people understand them, they take them to heart and they're able to sort of, you know, be in a better place because of the message. Like we can't control it. We can't, we can't do so many things, but what we can do is try to send out a positive message one of unity and one that is uplifting and one that says, you know, that helps say, and so it underscores at the end of the day, we're going to be okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know other way to put it. Yeah. That's the best message I think that we could send out. I assume it was uh, Mark Laplace, our program director, who plugged that in. Jim Abbott's no hitter. Yes, he did. Well, great job by Mark Laplace. We had a staff meeting uh, two days ago, and Howard Levinson was talking about his son and our son Jordan, who is uh, just a great kid. He's a great kid, a smart kid, terrific kid. Talked about, like, said, uh, said Willie Fryman, who uh, handles a lot of our programming, a note saying, suggesting all these Yankee classics. And then all of them had one theme and that they were, they were, they were uplifting. And you know what? It's, it's what, the minute we, we, the, the, we shared that, Howard shared that idea, or Woody shared that idea with us, it was like, of course, that's the only way to go. It's, of course, you're staring us in the face, and I don't know that we thought of it, or, but I know that, I know that, that Jordan did, and I, good, good for Jordan. And good for Woody and good for all of us that, you know, we were able to see it and say, you know what, that is the way to go. That, that is the thing to follow because, you know, what, there is no other thing right now other than we need to get through it. We need the stories that are uplifting and encouraging 
And, you know, together, all of us together, we will get past this. Maybe we need to scoop up Jordan, get him on our payroll. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I, everyone was saying how great this list was. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible kid. So, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've known him now for many years. And uh, uh, so as long as there's been yes, actually. So uh, um, it's quite a remarkable kid. He really is. So good for him and, and uh, good for us for, uh, for having the benefit of uh, having a share and getting his wisdom. Uh, I want to move on to um, some Yankees news. Uh, before we do, I want to go back to the Abbott no-hitter real quick because, yes, it was amazing, but I think it becomes even more amazing when you look at this lineup. The Cleveland Indians lineup had people like Kenny Lofton, Carlos Baerga, Albert Bell, Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, Candy Maldonado. He no-hit them. I mean, that lineup is, is you know, it's, uh, let's see, I don't know who's, uh, no Hall of Famers that I'm aware of. Baerga? No. Tommy. No Hall of Tommy's Hall of Famer, right, you're right. So, I mean, but I mean, potentially, potentially, a borderline Hall of Famers, there's a whole slew of them in there. I yeah. mean, Bell's a borderline Hall of Famer, nuts, but a borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, Manny Ramirez, uh, borderline Hall of Famer, yeah, you know, yeah, to go out to Lofton, borderline Hall of Famer, really good players. Really That's solid. Baiga, solid player. You know, uh, Alomar must have been on that team, I would think. Oh, the Sandy Alomar, Alomar Jr., yep. Yeah. Sorry. So, I mean, another really terrific play. Really solid players up and down the line, offensive players. So, yeah, that was an incredible achievement, but particularly given the, the offensive prowess of that Indian ball club at that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's transition to news. There is no real way to transition, but um, let's just get in it. On the news front, we have – Aaron Judge spoke to the media today. Uh, he said he had some scans. They're showing some slight improvement in that stress fracture, uh, in that right rib area. How should we feel about that? Well, good. I mean, as long as it's improving, that's that's a good thing. Rest certainly will help it. I mean, and I've got to believe that he's, you know, uh, taking it easier at the moment. So um, I'm sure that's a, that's great. That the reevaluation point at some point that they talk about reevaluating. Two it. weeks. Okay, so that, so two weeks they'll take a little look at it. If it continues to improve, that's a good sign. If it if it somehow regresses or doesn't show any improvement, then then maybe they have to look at some other options. If there are other options, they'll look at them. But right now, it's uh, good news is it's it's two weeks, and then they'll take a look at it. But it is getting better. That's the good news. That is good news. I guess the only other option at that point would be surgery, and I think the the natural question of follow up would be given what's going on right now. Do you want to do the surgery now instead? You know what I mean? They'll look, well, you know what? They'll look at it in two weeks. And if they think that he really needs the surgery, you know, uh, maybe maybe they'll figure out a way to have, have the surgery. I mean, again, things could be very complicated about hospital stays right now. So, you know, right now, given what we'll be up against in the next few weeks, uh, because I do believe, I do believe in the end it's going to be okay, but I do believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. And, uh, you know, so you want to try to, you know, hospital beds and things are going to be in short order. And I think they'll be you know, probably needed for other, for other purposes. I agree. So it is probably, I guess you could classify it as elective surgery. And if you don't need it, why go into a hospital? I, I would think so, you know, right now only because, I mean, there's not that hospitals are dangerous places. It's just that they're, they're, there's, there's going to be, you know, there, there may be a lot of too many uh, hospitals may get, uh, uh, you know, uh, not have a, a, lot of, a lot of space right. for you know, what we're facing right now. Again, we don't know. I mean, this is so uncertain. I keep, I mean, I'm, I keep going back to the Houston Astro thing that I kept saying 
all the time, you know, alleged, 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 right, alleged, alleged. If this is proven, if that's proven, if that's proven, because I really thought it was a important to say in this thing, it's, we don't know, you know, we obviously none of us know. And, you know, there's, yes, it could be, it's a little frightening for sure, but you know what, but also, like I said, we have an incredible spirit. We have an incredible country. We have a lot of great people and we have a lot of, um, the world has a lot of great people. And, you know, I, I look, we've been, they've been faced, we've been faced with a lot of, um, difficult situations before. This is a unique situation, no doubt. But, you know, at the end of the day, I really, I've said it before, and I will continue to say it. I really believe we'll get through this, but, you know, but it will, it won't be easy and there will be, you know, difficulty. I mean, I have a friend who has had, has this, is currently at the, at the sort of the tail end of it, but he was diagnosed with it and he's, he's had to battle this. And it was not, I mean, he told me the story a little while ago and I was, you know, it, it was um, not a pleasant story. This is a very difficult thing. He's on the tail end of it, so he must have been among the first to get it. He was. He told me, he gave me, an, uh, I, I obviously won't mention his name, but he was like the, the 28th person in the country to get it. Oh, geez. So, so, you know, I said to him, you know, well, you know. <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, I, I had no idea. He said, I just woke up in the middle of the night. And I, you know, and I, I, I got up out of bed. And I, my knees felt weak. Things felt weak. My head was spinning. You know, I figured, you know, maybe I, you know, I don't know what I was having. So let me just lay down. So I went back to bed. I tried to lay down. I couldn't sleep. He said, just kept getting worse. And I started to get really hot and feverish. And I, you know, I, I didn't, I called my, I told my wife, I was feeling terrible. So I took him to the hospital. You know, they looked in right away. They said, well, maybe you got some kind of flu. Wasn't diagnosed as, as, you know, as, the, you know, what it is. It wasn't diagnosed as that. Just maybe it was a flu. Maybe it was not. They know you have pneumonia and no one really knew what exactly it was. And then he was in a bad way. So, you know, they admitted him. They did, and, you know, they, uh, they, they had him there for like a day. They realized what it was. And they said, look, there's not, it's something you just got to battle, you know? So they recommended a few things that might make it a little easier, but he had to basically overcome this because really there's no, there's not a cure right now. It's not really a way to, to cure this. So other than to, you know, tell you, the, you know, the, listen to drink fluids and get pressed and, and, and it let it run its course. And that's kind of what he had to do. And he said that the, it's a, it's a, it's a two week scenario basically, but, he said, they said to him after about a week or so, it will it'll come back in some way. It won't come back nearly as potent. But, you know, just hang, it, hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. He said, I felt awful for three or four days. I felt like someone had hit me with a paddle across my head and, and in uh. my stomach. And, you know, he said, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. I was in just agony. Everything hurt like, like never in my life before. So, I mean, he said, it was just, it was just flip. I meant to tell you, it was like, it was just it scared me, scared my family, scared whatever. I didn't know if we'd get through it. But he said, but after yeah, I started to feel better, and then that they were right. And about, about halfway through, it came back it, much, much, much slower uh, strength, much, much less strength. He said, and I was able to, you know, and I felt terrible not two, three days. He said, now they said, now the last day or so, I start to feel a lot better. And they told me like I'm on the other side of it now, and I'm going to be okay. He said, but I could see why, boy, this is really a, a son of a gun to battle, and how difficult this is because I've never felt pain or felt. That that is, I really thought that I was it was near the end for me. That's wow. how bad I felt. So I mean, this is no joke. This is nothing to take lightly. And anything that you can do, stay away, stay out of harm's way, stay inside. You know, wash your hands, follow the CDC guidelines. And like, we kept talking about that. You know, do all the things that you do. Take those precautions. Keep a safe distance from from people. You know, respect that space. It's like 
you know, if we, if we do this collectively, we, 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 could, we could beat this thing. But everybody has to take it seriously. I mean, and like I said, we talked about the beaches before. People weren't taking it seriously, and they need to. They really need to. Agreed. The good news is it sounds like your friend is on the mend, which is great. Um, back to the news. Again, like I said before, no real good way to segue from that. But uh, you have a little bit of news. Chris Sale, going to get some Tommy John surgery. Yeah, I mean, listen, he hadn't been, he, he, it showed, I mean, that he was having issues. And, uh, you know, uh, anybody who throws as hard as that and then throws that, I mean, he's going to have it at some point or another. Every, almost every pitcher gets it, uh, throws hard, throws innings, compiles innings, and throws hard. Um, it's, it's not the first, it's not the last. But it's just a matter of, and it's, it's routine surgery now. It just takes a long time to, to get through it. So it's just a matter of they, they did the right thing, having him on surgery, shut him down because he, he needs it. He couldn't, he couldn't pitch effectively. And honestly, I don't think that, you know, no matter how, when the season resumes or whatever happens, I don't think this was going to be the Red Sox year anyway. So I think this was probably a good time to have the surgery. So you can have him maybe and come back for, you know, the, the, the spring of next year. That's after spring training of next year, somewhere around June or July, whatever it is. You know, it's, it's, a, year and a, it's a year and a half out. I, I think I – have an interesting question. Um, I want to stick with Boston. Yeah. So obviously we're still waiting on the ruling, the sign stealing with Boston. Yeah. Yeah. How do you even, let's say, you know, all the information and you know what the punishment's going to be. How do you even get that out now, given what's going on in the world? You probably hold it. You know, I, I, listen, if they would had it, it would have been out. uh, If they had a total handle on it, it would have been out by now. Uh, but by total handle, I mean, it's been an ongoing investigation. And I think just when they were about ready to wrap it up, some other things I think have come to light. And I think that baseball, Rob Manfred and, and, and the commissioner's office, or really the commissioner's office, they're just doing their due diligence. They got to get it right. They want to make sure they get it right because this is not a decision to take lightly. And it's going to have ramifications and legs. So I'm sure it will. So let them take their time, do their due diligence. And like I said, it would have been out before had there, it had been as simple as wrapping up some of the uh, some of the, the the pieces after Houston uh, I don't think it was I think it's 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 going to be significant and I think it's going to it's taking time and that's why it's taking time because it's not a decision they want to enter into lightly listen they may even be considering the Houston situation that what 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 the penalty is there they might even be reconsidering that I don't like really? to say that well they could be I mean there's been a lot of there's been a lot of a lot of people, a lot of players have spoken out. A lot of people have spoken out about, you know, that the the the, the, the uh, punishment was was not as severe as they think it should be. Now again, the commissioner has the best handle on this, and then more so than we would have. But but I mean, I can understand people saying that they they think the the, the title should be stripped from seventeen. I get that. I mean, they strip it in other sports. They strip it all the time. If if there's transgressions that you know tend amount to cheating on a major scale like that. They, strip, they take titles away all the time. Why, why should baseball be? I mean, do you really want to say, this is, we kept saying, alleged, alleged, alleged. This is now proven in many, you know, the, the, yeah. at least it's the Houston situation. So it's proven. Okay, so 2017, you, I mean, when you go back and you look at the specter of history, right, you see, uh, just making years up, well, 1960, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates won, 61, 62, 60, 62, the Yankees won, 61, 62, they won. You know the you know uh, you go back to four you know fifteen uh, the the Royals were and the Cubs won in sixteen whatever and you get to seventeen you're going to put Houston in that place of honor 
no, not if they cheated like that. And they don't, then they don't deserve it. Should we take it away? So you don't, you don't give the title to the, to the Yankees or the Dodgers or anybody else, but you just say no, no winner that year, you know, no, no t- title vacated, no winner. My, they shouldn't, you shouldn't be honored. This would shouldn't get the same distinction with those teams that have won deserve the glory for doing what they did. And, and I'm sorry, I, I, I draw that line. I think that they should have it taken away. But that's my opinion. My guess is that um, assuming 2019, no, 2018, Red Sox cheated. Red Sox cheated. They have to take away two championships. And, okay, then take away two championships. Right, right. I'm assuming they just don't want that two years in a row, that black mark. No, they probably don't, but, you know, the, but there are errors in sports. The, the baseball – I mean, the, the baseball, I mean, I, you, I, I, I don't know how the gambling was so prevalent in baseball. It was so prevalent in baseball and games were being thrown, you know, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know the number of games that were thrown, but collectively it was, it was a st- probably a staggering number of games were fixed, you know, before back in the, you know, in the, in the early days of the game up until basically, you know, Judge Kennesaw Man, uh, Landis was put in to be commissioner to clean up the game. You know, which was right after the Black Sox scandal in 1919. So right after that happened, they put, put a commissioner in who was supposed to have teeth and to say, hey, I'm, your job is to clean the game up. And he did by, by suspending the players who were involved in, in the, from the Chicago White Sox for life. They, you know, they, they, they were suspended for life for what they did. And it was a way of sending a message that says, hey, we're not going to tolerate gambling. The integrity of the game needs to be first and foremost. We can't have that ever called into question. And the fact, because of the cheating, because of the fixing, it was obviously called into question. They threw the World Series, for God's sake. So they should have paid a heavy price for what they did. Now, there was obviously mitigating circuit, a lot of questions about Shoeless Joe Jackson. That, that you know, he, he was involved in, yeah, involved in six, what, 600 in the World Series. How do you throw a World Series at 600? I don't know. That's possible. But, you know, again, that was then, this is now. But still, in all that, that basic tenet of integrity must hold up. So if there's anything that questions the integrity of the game, it has to be taken seriously. And it has to be, the punishment has to fit the crime to the point where it's, you, you, it will never happen again. You could never have that ever happen again. So if it happened more, more than one, happened two years, then you know, so be it. It was an error. It was a short error, but okay live and learn and you know baseball when people will pay a price for it the game will go on it will persevere and then the integrity will be restored but you can't have that you called it the question ever you can't have the integrity of a game ever called it the question so worst thing any sport can happen and it just it's not to be well i hope you're right i don't want to see the astros um world championship flag hanging anymore uh i don't want to see the red sox world championship flag hanging um hey before we go how are you and your family how's everybody holding up you know, we're holding up okay. You know, we're uh, we're in Florida. Um, we we drove from uh, when spring training was uh, was suspended. We we uh, we went to uh, the other side of Florida. We have friends and we have a, a home here, so we we came here for a little bit. And we're probably going to stay here for a while. I mean, I have a I have a, my sons and then their wives and then my little granddaughter Abby. They are uh, they're they're home in, uh, in the New York area, and uh, you know they're. Uh, you know, working from home, the kids, and they're uh, hoping for the best, you know, like we all are. And, uh, you know, uh, say a little prayer for everybody out there. We then again, take every precaution. Uh, my friend's my friend's story, I lost his name, I didn't want to do that, sorry about that. My friend's uh, story that I just told you a little while ago is absolutely true. It was horrifying to hear some of the aspects I didn't even go into detail with, but 
I'm just saying, folks, this is no joke, and please take it seriously. And uh, wherever you are, you know, stay in, do take follow the CDC precautions. Um, you know, um, you know, there's lots. Be with your families. There's lots of love. We all have, uh, we all have uh, friends, family, whatever. Stay with those people. You know, and enjoy them, and uh, it'll pass. You know, but you've got to take the precautions, and and because if you don't, there, there could be some some serious consequences. So please, please. You follow follow the, the directives and, and and we'll hope for a better day you know well you said be with your family i think that's what i'm gonna go do right now um what do you think you land it yeah it's actually for gazing would say it's time to land the plane but you know uh, but again folks you know please take care of yourselves and we'll you know we'll try to do these things uh, as time goes on here and uh you know we will uh, we will do more of them and uh you know and and and, and please be safe and, and uh and uh you know god bless you all